I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. Another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford. Come right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do whatever it is that you can to go ahead and support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, including going ahead and subscribing today. Hit that subscribe button right below Laker Tom, right there on YouTube, right there below Laker Tom. Go ahead. You can do it. You can do it. Plus, also as well, if you can go ahead and be a part of what we do here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, wherever we're at, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, podcast outlets, whatever we do to go ahead and support you, the viewer and listener out there for the Lakers Fast Break. We hope you do so in kind indeed, and we truly appreciate it. Plus, also as well, go ahead and give a big support to Lakerholics.com. Go ahead and follow the number one Lakers blogger that's out there in Laker Tom today at Lakerholics.com. And check out also our good friend in Pismo, somewhere in the Pismo, right there for you. Is Jamie Sweet. Go ahead and check out what he's doing today at the Five Things article. So he won't be there today, unfortunately, for the show. And we know Joe, a.k.a. Ox1947, is checking out the Dodgers and Giants in San Francisco, checking out that weekend clash. But if there's anything going on at LakersBall.com, you know he will be a part of it. So go ahead and check that out today at LakersBall.com. Plus our good friends at Hoop Heads Podcast Network. And if you could support all of that, it is truly appreciated. And a big shout out to Josh for just asking us and, and talking to us here at the Lakers Fast Break, LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. Also, as well, the people behind the scenes, whether you're tweeting at us, whether you're emailing us, you're asking about updates, you're asking for shows, you're asking to check out our local schedule. We want to try and stick to until the games start. We're going to try and stick to a Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday. 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern schedule. We're going to try and stick to that as best we can up into the regular season. So we're going to go ahead and talk about that continuously throughout the next couple of weeks as we get into training camp, LeBron's mini camp, and so much more. So looking forward to it indeed. But 
you can go ahead and check out everything that we do here at the Lakers Fast Break. It is sincerely appreciated. Well, the Lakers heading into the LeBron minicamp and in the not too distant future, you know, Laker Tom, there's actually a game that's coming up on the 30th. The first exhibition game, I believe, is scheduled for the 30th. Not for the Lakers, mind you, but the NBA as a whole. So <laughs> we're going to start seeing some NBA exhibition games right around the corner within the next two weeks. We're going to see some of the teams heading abroad for some exhibition games. So I'm looking forward to seeing how the NBA does when they venture abroad here in the coming weeks. Plus, of course, and all the different places that they go ahead and have the exhibition games leading up to the season. But one of the things that we're talking about here is the recent acquisition as a free agent for Dennis Schroeder. Where does he fit in into all this? We talked about that a little bit on the Friday show, excuse me, on the Friday show. And we really want to go ahead and focus in on now, where does he stand as far as the rotation? And with all the guards that we now have on the team, what is the rotation now going to be for the Los Angeles Lakers? I know that so many different individuals out there have speculated on it, so we'll talk about that on today's show. Plus, I know Laker Tom and I we were talking before the show about some of the good things that were going on as far as outside of the general Lakers consensus out there, because if you didn't know, the Lakers are having a reunion right now in Hawaii which I wish I was there right now. That's a great place to be, the beautiful islands of Hawaii, because the Showtime Lakers are having a great reunion right now in Hawaii. And I know Laker Tom always wants to go ahead and focus in on what we're doing here during the current situations with the Lakers, and we will continuously on that. But I, asked, I wanted to ask him real quick if we could go ahead and ask his thoughts on a time period for the Lakers as a Lakers fan, and if the Showtime Lakers was the best time period for a Lakers fan, or at least him in his thoughts indeed. So another great show on hand. Wes Trueblood is already in the chat room. Thank you so much for joining us, Wes. Great to have you here. And again, shout out to Nick, shout out to Josh, and everybody who wants our shows and asks for our shows via email or Twitter. Did you guys see the report from Mark Stein, which said more or less that the Lakers are holding tryouts for underwhelming, <laughs> my word, not Stein's, free agent wings. Oh, you mean like Shabazz Muhammad? Yeah, actually I saw the list or lack thereof of who they were thinking about bringing in for at least a look at training camp. Your thoughts, Tom, before we get into the nitty gritty on a guard rotation on that? Well, well, it's right in the heart of the guard rotation because the, you know, like the last two years, the Lakers, the Lakers have some idea that, that, that a six, three point guard or shooting guard is a wing. I mean, we were so undersized last year that it was sad to watch. We lost the battle in the points in the paint. We lost the rebounding battle. And if you've ever played basketball yourself, when you get killed in the paint and, and totally out-rebounded by the other team, you usually do not win the game. And that was the case with the Lakers last year. But this has reached a level of ridiculousness. The, the roster construction is so bad <laughs> it is so bad that it screams so there sorry. has to be a russell westbrook trade I, I'm just ha I have it's to wriggling on the ground in pain it's thrashing all over the place it's it's convolution it's it's just falling apart and it's screaming as loud as it can get rid of russell westbrook because this tree this lineup needs some players i mean right now they're talking about <laughs> 
Let's see. I think that Patrick Beverly is six foot three, if I'm not mistaken. Patrick Beverly oh, at six foot three is no longer a point guard on the Lakers. No, he is now officially their wing defender. Yes, a small forward. I remember. You know, I remember KCP used to be our wing defender. I mean, how many players? I could list a dozen right now of guards in the NBA who feasted on our wing defenders. I mean, when you have a wing defender of six five, that's not bad. But you know, guys, you're playing. You're guarding guys that are six eight, six seven, six nine. The Lakers are so small. We have you know like eight guys under eight guards under six foot three or six foot four. Wes Russell is the biggest guard we have, actually. Other than Reeves, who's six five, I guess. But it, yes, but it, he it, looks it, a lot it, taller just, matched up with those guys standing next. to You them. know, it's it's just laughable. I mean, what kind of rocker? What it what it says to you is that the original plan was that okay, we need a bunch of stuff. We need shooting. We need defense. We need size. Well, first off, you can't get shooting on the, for a minimum salary anywhere anymore. So we decided we were going to leave that for the Westbrook trade. <laughs> and then we put out everything else, getting younger, getting more athletic, you know, getting maybe a little better perimeter defenders. We put all of that into, into the roster. And, and now we're at a point where we have to finalize the deal. And the Lakers are either a posturing beautifully and saying that we are not going to make a deal except one that is just for a single draft pick. We're not going to give up two draft picks. Not for anything that's out there on any of the trades. If that's just, true, the Lakers are going to bring Russell Westbrook back, which will be a horrifying mistake. <laughs> the other option is that the Lakers have done a beautiful job of choreographing and confusing everybody. And at the end, they'll give up the two picks or work out a compromise with a, with a, with a swap, a pick swap rather than the pick itself, which for the other team is essentially the same thing. All they're losing is a second pick, which if they're a good team is a high, you know, tie twenties draft pick, but the Lakers just, you know, they're everything that is happening, everything that you look at when you look at the construction of the roster, everything, when you consider that they have four point guards, when you consider that the other two of the three point guards, two of the other point guards have history with Russell Westbrook. That's not great. All of these things just basically scream that there's going to be a trade. So until Russell Westbrook trots out on the court on September 30th, wearing purple and gold again, I am going to swear that this is all posturing and that the trade is going to happen for somebody because they cannot bring back Russell Westbrook as a Laker. That would be disastrous. I'm just going to tell you right now, that's 12 days to the 30th, just to let you know. Yeah. T minus 12. not going to happen. I don't care if it's 50 <laughs> days or 100 days. It is not going to happen. It can't happen, Gerald. If that happens, you know what that proves? It proves the sky is orange. It proves that the Lakers are a joke, <laughs> that Rob Palenka is an idiot, that Jeannie Buss ought to sell a team, and which I know you agree with, but at any rate, uh, and probably that, um, that LeBron James may demand a trade. Well, again, it's leading to a lot of things. I will let everybody know that the Lakers' first exhibition game is on the 3rd. The first exhibition games that will be played by NBA teams is going to be on the 30th. So we're just 12 days away from that. But if, like, what Tom's saying is by the 3rd, if he trots out there in purple and gold, <laughs> somebody check on Laker Tom because he might be having a heart attack indeed. But 
I do want to go ahead and mention the roster as was corrected by Jeff Green and Blue Magic. I want to go ahead and mention that Patrick Beverly is 6'1". He's listed at, according to the oh, rosters. He's our yes. wing defender at 6'1". Yes. He's our wing defender wow. at 6'1". He could actually literally play small forward and guard small forwards at 6'1". That's just absolutely amazing. I understand that he did play <laughs> in certain matchups against a Kevin Durant and some other taller forwards even played a little bit against the bronze that plays guard. bigger than six one i will admit yes. that but but not but it, not to the point where it gets like that because no. then it just gets ridiculous and then they just have a lot of fun scoring on them but yeah. i will say that with the guard rotation as it is right now barring a westbrook trade which laker tom and it's everybody is still it's good it's gonna happen westbrook is six three Patrick Beverly is 6'1". Dennis Schroeder is listed as 6'3", which is very dubious. Kendrick Nunn is listed at 6'2". If he's even healthy. We don't even know if he's ready for five-on-five -five contact. They've been very vague, the team has. So we have three small guards. And Max Christie at 6'6", is not going to help you guards. anytime soon. <laughs> You've always I said small that. Guard. I hate small guards. <laughs> this is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com. And you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. My last movie that I saw in the theaters was the last skywalker i know condolences to me so. oh, wow man right i i just had talked about that and i completely forgot that i saw that movie yes <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't speak great things about it i suppose that's the pop culture cosmo show and the pcc multiverse catch our shows on worldwide radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts Hey, Lakers fans, looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com, with a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA. There's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Hi, guys. Any new signings? The Dennis Schroeder edition does not make sense to me. You have joined the club, my friend, Mr. Jim <laughs> Faison, because we are all questioning it on why he's returning a guy that doesn't shoot well from the outside. He had a couple good games in EuroLeague. He is still someone that, again, with all the baggage and the history with, between him and the organization, why they would bring him back. Mind you, it's at an 82, almost an $82 million discount, which is fine. I guess on that sense, the Lakers save money, quote unquote, there. But to bring him back, I just don't see the need for it. Uh, maybe, again, if Kendrick Nunn is maybe not healthy, that could be an issue. That's probably leading into that possibility. Mm -hmm.
what do they you believe, think? They Tom? believe Darvin Ham can handle these types of situations because when you look at the players, maybe Russell Westbrook coming off of the bench, Dennis Schroeder coming off of the bench. I mean, Dennis and and Russell are both players that have extreme egos and definitely are very competitive and they're not going to sit. It's going to be a difficult challenge for, for Darwin ham to have so many players competing for the same few minutes. And even if he's, even if the plan is that everybody plays defense so hard that, that we really spread the minutes around and it's 11 man rotation rather than a nine man rotation, even when you factor that thing in, it's, there's just too many guards. We every year we have too many guards. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe, maybe Rob doesn't like forwards. Is that, is that the idea? Or, He's allergic to forwards. I or, got LeBron, or that he I'm has, good. A, or they they have a novel, different approach that says that wings are not the most important position in the NBA today. I'll just get a whole bunch of small, bad shooting guards. How about that, Laker Tom? Sound good? Well, we tried it with older guys like that now we're trying it with younger more athletic guys like that it can't shoot well i don't um, know if you can, can you re, do you really consider pat bev do you really consider dennis schroeder do you really consider well dennis schroeder still 29 <laughs> pat bev who's 34 you know, one thing it does Russell reflect Westbrook. one one thing i think you can say that these recent moves reflect is that darvin ham has a big voice in who is added to the team um and and frankly, I, I think that's important. I mean, I, I may change my mind when I start seeing Darwin Ham's lineups and, and his rotations, but generally I, you know, I'm still I waiting that for that. He's, going to, he's going to hold players accountable on defense. Uh-huh. And so if you think about the players that he's bringing in, he's not a whole lot worried about their shooting ability, you know? Now, well, Beverly had 33% last year. He's a 38% career shooter and his four years before that were 38 39 40 and 40 so but he doesn't shoot that many yeah. he only no. averages 10 points a game as in, right. in his career yeah he's not buddy healed who's who's a guy that who's a guy that at the start of the game the coach is going to grab some guy by the collar and say see that buddy healed guy over there you never leave his side when you're guarding him he has you no don't help out anywhere you just stay with him so he doesn't get a shot we play four on four when we have somebody on the other team like that. I can't wait until Jamie Sweet, his annual, you know, I, I guess he's mad against the rotation, so to speak, his verbiage there, and he'll be uh, very angry with the rotation. So I can't wait for that conversation to happen. So big shout out to Jamie Sweet on that. Props to him. I'm sure it's coming. It's on the way. But right now, barring a Westbrook trade, and I agree with Jeff Green, I think the smarter play would be to hold on to him to Russell Westbrook until February. But do I think that's going to happen? I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a smarter play to do it now. I think you're by February 9th, by February 9th, the trade deadline, uh-huh. the Lakers will have played 68% of their games. Uh-huh. That means 68% of the season will have gone by two thirds of the season. Most players who signed with a new team, recently signed players, will be eligible on December 15th. That's probably the first time that you'll find a bunch of players that you might want to trade Westbrook for available. That's one third of the season will be gone by then. 
so I, I just did a bunch of research on looking at, at how many games were involved in these dates and so forth. But what it comes down to is that if the Lakers don't trade Russell Westbrook this before training camp and wait for the midseason, they will have to absolutely trade him no matter what. Yeah. Because if they don't trade him, they end the season with him as a free agent, and that means the only thing they could trade would be LeBron James or Anthony Davis or sign and trade for one of their free agents. Yeah. And a sign and trade for one of their free agents, the conspiracy theory running around is that the reason that the Lakers want to sign and trade for one of those free agents is a sign and trade will force them not to pay luxury taxes and will by that by that nature force them or allow them to avoid becoming three years in a row with taxes, which makes you a repeat offender oh. and that doubles your penalties. So there's a background thing that behind this whole thing is a, it's all just a game by Jeannie Buss to avoid being a double tax team when they move forward after LeBron. So let me ask you this, and we close out this part of the conversation, because uh, I will have to cut it a little shorter for today, and mm-hmm. I do apologize for that. I wanted to ask you this, your final, let's say Westbrook doesn't get traded, and you do get a migraine, and you do get a headache, and you take aspirin, but you think about it for a sec as far as a starting lineup is concerned. Who are the starting backcourt, and who gets the rotation minutes? If, for Russ, the if Russ is here? Yeah, if Russ is here. I, I think they would start with Russ and uh, Patrick Beverly, or probably Russ and, and then Austin Reeves and Patrick Beverly as the uh, guards in the four, small forward. Um, I, I would I would now, not count now, out. They're, they're, they're probably going to see. I, I still have a big problem with. I still think that there's a chance that they're going to revert to. AD at the five rather than Thomas Bryant or, or Damian Jones, because those guys have never had experience at the five. And, and, and frankly, we need size, we need size in the lineup. And so, you know, it's, I don't know. I don't know what, I really don't know what they're going to do. If, 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 if they're sticking by everything that I hear that they really are going to start Bryant or, I've heard Jones is the guy who's winning a job because of his defense in practice. So Damian Jones was listed by several sources as the likely starter at center, which is surprising. So that means that it's just two guards. So I, I would guess it would be, I would guess it's Beverly and, uh, and Russ. I'm going to throw one out there for you. I think that Reeves is the type of player that endears himself to the coach. And if he shoots well in the preseason, I'm going to say he's going to get in with Beverly. I think it's going to be Beverly and him starting out as far as that, and Russ coming off the bench. I think there's I'm a good chance of that. I, I, and I, I like the logic behind that, Gerald. I think that that's, that's a good He's got to shoot well. He's got yeah, to shoot, shoot well. He's got to shoot well. But he, what he gives you is, is two pretty good defenders. Two really good defenders, you know, at the point of attack, and that, that's what we want. If you can't have Buddy Heald out there, then at least cover the other side of the ball, you know, and make sure that you're, 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 you've got somebody that's, you know, if you've got a guy like Jones or Bryant who aren't great shot blockers, um, you need to have good perimeter defense because otherwise you're going to put those guys in jeopardy over and over and over. 
Um, so you, you, you need to have one or the other. You need to either have great rim protection or you need to have great perimeter defense. And hopefully if you get both of them, you've got a championship team. Jeff Green says he's got Russ and Lonnie Walker the fourth because of the fact that we did spend six and a half million dollars on him as the mm-hmm. MLE. I mean, if word is, the- I've heard, I've, I've read, I've read from Stein and from Buha that Walker has fallen out of the rotation. Which I is- think whoever does well, I mean, that's the thing. It's yeah. an open competition in training camp. Let's say Westbrook stays in for now. Let's say he stays in for now. I think it's an open competition and whatever two guards, two guards does the best in the, in the preseason will, and that includes training camp, will get the, get the starting nod. I have a feeling it could be Lonnie Walker, could be Reeves, could be Beverly. You know, if, Westbrook, I, 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 I be think Schroeder. that what you just said, Gerald, supported very strongly your choice of Austin Reeves and Beverly as the starting guards. Because what's what's going to be important to with a with a young kid as your rim protector, what's going to be important to Darvin Ham is his perimeter point of attack defenders. He's going to want the best two guys he can get out there. I'm just and, throwing that out. And there. to be and no, I think you're absolutely right. And to be honest, all of this talk about putting Beverly on on wings, forget it. What you want Beverly on is the shooting guards. The big shooting guards; those are the guys that are killing you. These are the six-five guys, the the bookers, and those are the guys that are just going to destroy you if you don't have a guy who can really belly up and play physical defense without getting called for fouls. And and Beverly Shoney can do that. So I agree with you, Jeff Green. I don't know how Lonnie Walker has fallen out of the rotation. That they haven't even started the LeBron mini camp yet. I, I think that it maybe it's just perception, but. I would well, not let's let's call let's let's say that the rotation so far is 10% of what they'll judge on because they haven't had camp yet it's pre camp yeah, stuff. Exactly. So yeah, it doesn't but that's you know <laughs> that's not what you want to hear if you're Lonnie that, yeah. that you know. And I would suspect that most of it is I mean like we heard all this we heard Thomas Bryant was doing great. And then all of a sudden we hear that oh the guy who's likely to start is Damian Jones. Yeah, and but when you think about each one of those things, ask yourself what's important to Dar- Darvin Ham. Defense, man. Yeah, uh, it just to me again. I think there the options. You're all talking about right now. Right now, even if Austin Reeves improves even a little, you're still talking about below average NBA guards for that entire group. So you're not. Well, who getting... are the four? Who are your four guards? Who are your two backups then? Well, I talked four to about guards really should get most of the minutes. I talked about Pat Bev and I talked about uh, Austin Reeves. They right. get so backups. They say they're the starters. Who are their backups? It depends if none's healthy. If you know, let's, do you want to say none's healthy or do you want to say none's not? Well, healthy you got because... West. You got Westbrook, Nunn, Walker, and yeah. I, I guess uh, Max. Is he? Yeah. Well, Max, guards, is, so... Max has got to go to the G League. If you if it's based right. off his yeah. summer performance, he needs right. to develop in the G League. I will yes. say, though, again, that if that's the case, I would say the, the backup two guards should be, if he's healthy, Kendrick Nunn and will give Lonnie Walker the fourth just because of the size factor. Well, I, I think what's pushed Lonnie Walker back is has been the signing of Patrick Beverly and yeah. and Dennis Schroeder. So if you talk about the next good. two guards who they're probably going to be lining up on there, 
and if you accept Westbrook. if you accept the tenet that the reason that that Austin the the reason that Austin Reeves and it comes down to defense again. So who are the defenders? Well, why did they just sign Schroeder? They didn't sign him for a shooting. No, they didn't sign sure. him for a shooting, man. He's going to get minutes. So he's one of he's one of the he's one of the second string guards, and that leaves leaves you none, Walker. And Nunn and Walker basically fighting for that spot, and Nunn is the likely candidate. Who am I leaving out? Walker, and who's the other guard missing out then? We're talking about it. Well, you got Dennis Schroeder, you got Russell Westbrook, you've got Patrick We're saying Schroeder and Nunn are the second string guards, and and Reeves and um, Patrick Beverly. Beverly are the starters. Yeah, and that that leaves. That's why. That's how. That's how this you know, scares it, what, no one in the NBA. Lonnie didn't though. make the top four because of defense, man. What was his biggest weakness coming in? What everybody complained about. He's not a consistent defender. Again, Jeff Green, absolutely. They got Schroeder out of bargain $82 million less, if the story goes. Uh, I still chuckle at that, how he passed up all that money. It, and it almost as if like Rod Polinka had to do that just in order to be able to say that. Yeah. Well, yeah. it just well, never, we're going to cut him next week, but I just want to be in there that we got him for two point six million instead but, of eighty four million. But you got to remember, though, and the Kamenitsky brothers, I will give them credit for it. They reminded us that through all this, as far as the shuffling back and forth of guards over the years, the past couple of years with Westbrook and Schroeder and all that, we've been out two first round picks, and now we have them in lieu of that. So. Yeah, and we haven't got much of a return on that. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, it's just the, all the, in the, no, nobody all gets in the, my all in the great effort to take playmaking duties off of LeBron James' hands. Yep, and they none of those players, none of those players gets me excited right now. Cole Swider, do you you know I'll tell you what? Cole Swider, do what you can to make yourself a viable part of the rotation. Shoot the lights out. Knock them out in the preseason. I'm begging for you, Cole Swider. I'm begging for you, man. How about you, Laker Tom? Well, our biggest weakness is we don't have any backups for LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Our backups are are Juan Toscano Anderson and Troy Brown Jr. Two six six guys who've never started, never played big minutes, in their entire careers. Those are our primary backups for our two superstars. Two superstars who have had injury issues the last two seasons that would thrust Brown Jr. and TCA, you know, into starting positions that would be overwhelming for them. That's the Lakers have three, three weaknesses in roster construction that are just unconscionable for any team that wants to think that they can compete for a championship. They number one, they don't have any shooting. They don't, their top 10 players are all subpar shooters. Number two, they don't have any backups for their two superstars at the forward, two forward positions. And number three, they're starting a center who's, who's never started before. (laughs) Unless they start, you know, if they if they did start, or, or unless they start Thomas Bryant, who's just yeah. started for half a season. Yeah. Well, two halves of seasons. <sighs> well, no, two, he started. For, I think he started for a full. He season. He started at the end end of the one season and the start of the second season before he got hurt. Oh, 
Okay, well, yeah, it's yeah. just. But at any rate, he's an unproven, he's an unproven commodity. Yeah, especially um, coming off that knee injury as well. So we'll see. But all of those things ifs. just scream Russell Westbrook trade. Do we need to rename the team the Los Angeles ifs? A lot of ifs coming down there. If this is going to come down to either, I mean, on a scale of one to 10, zero is they don't trade Russbrook. 10 is they traded him for Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. And eight is probably, okay, they traded him for some bunch of, stu- bunch of, bunch of shooters from Utah. And a five might be, God, they actually pulled the trigger and, and brought over, you know, Julius Randle in his four-year contract. <laughs> Well, my so expectations a, are about a three right now. Well, I'll tell you what, my friend. But, I, two, but I still can't believe, I still, when I look at that roster, something tells me that, I mean, I, how how could Rob Palenka explain this roster to LeBron James on one hand and Jeannie Buss on the other hand and justify that he, this is this is my response. This is my response to trading for Russell Westbrook last year. What do you think, guys? I mean, <laughs> it, this is very, very. Would sad. you like to go to court with that as your defense? Would you like to? Here's your here's your review, your employment review. This I mean, is what you got. This is what you bring into your employer to say this is what I accomplished. John, I don't think. By the way, Missy here, my friend. Hope you can join us on Tuesday or Thursday. I truly appreciate everyone in the comments. I don't think Laker Tom reads too many of the comments. I try to read to him the ones that are really affect him or bring that up. But I do affect, I do appreciate everybody out there going ahead and being a part of the chat room today. But before we head on out, my friend, I did want to go ahead and say, first off, Tom, I know you wanted to touch on this time period as far as uh, what we're talking about. So we will make some time for you on Tuesday to talk all you want on that. We'll leave the floor open on that. But before we head on out, my friend, I did want to acknowledge one of the great parts of Laker history, and that is the Showtime era. And if you didn't know, you know, as many Showtime players as they could get, I was surprised even Chuck Nevitt is there, my friend, that uh, the, basically Hawaii. everyone is part. Yeah, it, it is, yeah, Hawaii is calling you, of course. They're in Hawaii, Pat Riley, Magic Johnson, Worthy, Scott, the whole nine yards, they're at Hawaii right now celebrating the reunion of the Showtime era. So that got me to asking the final question I want to ask you today is that do you as a Laker fan and does everyone out there as a Laker fan, do you embrace the Showtime era as the best time for a Lakers fan? Or would you say maybe it's the three-peat with Shaq and Kobe or the repeat for Kobe in 2009 and 2010? You know, it's real hard because there's a fourth one that that it comes in with me, which was the 33-game win streak and the championship with Wilt and Neil Goodrich. You know, that was the first that was the first Lakers championship that I actually saw in person. You know, saw him win in person. So, I it's hard to separate those things. You know, and and what's really unusual is they came at such different periods that. A lot of it depends upon what you were doing when that happened, you know. Were you a student at, at the point in time? I, I can remember being a student when the Chamberlain situation happened and, and the Lakers won that championship. I can remember that 30-game win streak and listening on the radio to the chick during that entire win streak. I mean, that was something else. And at that point in time, I 
I was doing something where I could listen to every game, you know, and so forth. Showtime, Showtime was just, you know, Magic. Magic was always my, you know, my favorite player growing up. And I tried to be Jerry West because I liked, you know, he, he I liked his moves and so forth and I could copy his moves, but he was, but Magic was the player that was magical in my mind and so forth. And then- Who is your you know, favorite Laker? Who is your favorite Laker? Boo Magic is asking. I don't really have a favorite Laker. That's my problem that I, that I there's so many of the Lakers. I love, I mean, Will was my favorite basketball player. So I, how can I leave him out? I love Kareem. I love Magic. You know, Kobe will always be in that, in that group of people, you know, and, and I modeled my entire game, my entire life after Jerry West. But you know, what happens is, is the Kobe and Shaq era coincided with my being able to play basketball and watch basketball with my son. You know, when he was at an age to understand the game and he'd been through enough of, of playing high school basketball and so forth, that he understood the competition aspect and, of it and so forth. And that's, I think that that's, that was really special part of it. You know, and then LeBron, LeBron in the post-Kobe death, I, I had become a girls basketball coach. And so I really under, I, I really loved the, uh, how Kobe had become a girl dad and so forth. So in, in each one of those, each one of those Lakers situations, has special meaning to me because of where I was in my life when that happened. Well, a lot of people out there are sharing their thoughts right now on who they feel are the best and their favorite Lakers. And it's great to see that for me, I would have to say, Oh my gosh, it's so tough. It's like choosing your favorite child, you know? Well, you know, you can't choose your favorite child. You can't choose your favorite child, Gerald. That's something. Uh, And I'm looking at, I'm looking at my, my I, my hung up eighty eight world champion back to back shirt, and I remember the times there, and I love the Showtime era, and that was where I was just grew up for the Showtime era, and I love the three peat, the three peat with Shaq and Kobe, and how exhilarating that was. And then you have the Kobe two thousand nine two thousand ten teams. Oh my gosh! I, I guess if you're gonna put the proverbial finger to my head and say which one, I, I guess I gotta say the Showtime era, just because it lasted over a longer period of time. But man, it's like picking your favorite kid. It's it's tough. It's tough. I think they are like children. You can't pick the favorite. Oh, that's true. I can't pick favorite just amongst glad my that kids. You've got four of them, huh? A lot of uh, teams have none. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I do want to get to a question though, before we head on out and you guys have been great in the chat, but I know the range had some thoughts about how the team currently, he thinks the league, uh, he wanted to know outside of Brooklyn and outside of golden state, who really has the three point shooting. And he says there's too much of an emphasis on shooting. The only thing I say in back to that, in the range is when you have good shooters, that opens up the floor for so many other things. And when you, with LeBron that now relies heavily on his drives to the basket and AD who is now working on, you know, hopefully better on that mid range that he once had, but also as well for lobs and things of that nature, it just opens up the court when you have good shooters that, that teams respect on the outside. Does it not? Yeah. I think that the, the other side of it though, is that LeBron's game is evolving because of his age. And because of the fact that the Lakers have not been able to surround him with enough good enough shooters that to create the spacing that he really needs. Now, one of the things that won this job for Darvin Ham was that he was bringing to the Lakers the same offense that uh, he was that the Bucks were able to use to get spacing for 
for Giannis, and and that's a critical a critical thing that it it's related to what you do with your five players and where you locate them, because a lot of times when Lakers defender when Lakers players had the ball free on the top of the key, for example, and they would try to drive to the basket, there was always help on the right side and the left side because of the of having five players outside of the circle. The Bucks play that differently because basically they take one player, whoever's the first guy down the court, and they put him in a dunker spot, which is sort of a rectangle slot that covers the base of the basket, you know, where the basket is. And what that allows them is with just four players on the perimeter, those four players are spread out further apart than the five players were when you play five out. And as a result, it makes it harder for teams to double team the guys who have the ball at the top of the key because basically the Bucks send a guy to each corner and you got a guy in a dunker spot. So you got three guys at the baseline and you've got two guys at the top of the key, one on each side of the wing. And they're the guys who get the ball and they're the guys who are going to get the shots. And for the Lakers, that's going to be Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Well, I will take a close-up picture just to let everybody know. I know they wanted to see the shirt I have from the 87-88. I'll take a close-up picture and post it to Twitter and also Facebook later this evening. Blue Magic says the winning formula for LeBron-led teams is as old as time. Surround him with 3 and D players. We failed this offseason. Hope this experiment yields fruit. We will definitely talk about more of that on if we Tuesday. don't trade Westbrook, we fail this season, offseason too. Well, we'll see. If Westbrook does get traded, we'll go as soon as we can on the air. But we definitely will be here on Tuesday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. So tune in to Laker Tom and myself. Hopefully, John. John, if you can, try and make it in. We really want you back. You've been tremendous in the chat room. Blue Magic, you've been awesome. Jeff Green, you've been fantastic. Nick Wong, you were on the show as far as in the chat room. Truly appreciate it. The range, great thoughts as well. You guys have been truly awesome. Again, John, if you can make it, please let me know for Tuesday. But we will be back on Tuesday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. And if you always, at any time, have questions, requests, again, big shout out to the guys who actually emailed me at LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com in regards to whether or not we're doing shows this weekend and on Friday with the Dennis Schroeder acquisition. So, Truly appreciate you going ahead and doing that. It just shows that you like and enjoy what we do here at the Lakers Fast Break. So that definitely warms my heart. Blue Magic says, I was expecting a Russell Westbrook trade this weekend, to be honest, but we haven't got it. So maybe it'll come out this week as we head into the LeBron mini camp. And then when is, when is LeBron's mini camp? Should be taking place right now. I keep should hearing about that, and I keep hearing about our training camp, but I still can't find out when it starts. I still can't find out about it either, but it's going to happen soon, my friend, because, again, the Lakers' first exhibition game is on the 3rd. You know, they so- may cancel training camp if if they can't get rid of uh, Russell. It's possible. <laughs> Picture day will be fun. That I know for sure indeed. Yeah, but we cannot, we cannot have training camp yet because uh, we haven't finalized our roster. Well, we'll see what happens. But again, it is the Lakers fast break. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here with Laker Tom. Please catch all the great articles as the number one Lakers blogger today at Lakerholics.com. Also as well, Jamie Sweet, when he comes back from Pismo Beach, got to go ahead and hit him up today at the five things articles at Lakerholics.com. Don't forget Mr. Dodger in the land of giants, Joe Soro. Watch out, Tom. He's in the Bay Area. Watch out. (laughs) He is also... Always as Ox1947, of course, at LakersBall.com.
The Romney camp is apparently taking place in San Diego. My gosh, that's great weather out there too. The dates are unclear. It's got to be taking place this week at the very latest because it's getting closer and closer to training camp. And if we find out any news like that, we will let you know. But we will definitely be back Tuesday. Looking forward to a great conversation. Jamie Sweet from Pismo. The roster is done and is getting <laughs> until after 1215. <laughs> Jamie Sweet and Laker Tom take your arguments and discussions over to Lakerholics.com or be here on Tuesday, my friend. I'm looking forward to hopefully getting John back, Jamie Sweet back, Joe Soro back. Laker Tom will be here, hopefully. We're going to have a great time talking about what's coming up for the Lakers regardless of who they have on the rotation because it's always great conversation from you out there and from us over here right here at the lakers fast break podcast <laughs>